I'm Nikki Hardy, and this is Chemo Chair Prayers. I'm so glad you're here. Hold on, let me take that back for just a hot second, because this is a podcast for anyone who's heard the words, it's cancer. So if that's you or someone you love, I am so sorry. I just hate that for you. So yes, I kind of wish you weren't here. But I'm also super glad you're here, because if you're struggling to keep fear and worry at bay, to trust God no matter what, or simply need a little faith boost and to feel God's loving arms around you, you are in the right place. I lost both my mum and sister to cancer and was then diagnosed myself just six weeks after losing my sister. I know all too well how cancer robs us of so much. The certainty of who and whose we are, how to pray when we have no words, the future we'd planned and imagined, not to mention the strength, peace, trust, and yep, even the joy and laughter we long for. So if you don't want to merely survive cancer, but long to thrive in the midst of it, take a seat, grab your cup of tea, let your shoulders relax, and allow me to lead you through a short story and a prayer using our guided format with the acronym TRUST, followed by a simple practical invitation to experience God's loving presence now and in the days ahead. We have been talking about fear, anxiety, worry, and all the things that come with a cancer diagnosis this month over at Chemo Chair Prayers. And more importantly, about how we fight it and find the peace and the calm that we so desperately need. How we find that mentally, physically, emotionally, and of course, spiritually. And once a month, I get to share the Chemo Chair Prayers hot seat with a guest. And we have our Chemo Chair Chats. And today, I am so excited for you to meet someone really quite special to me. It's my partner in crime. It's my hubby of over 27 years now, Pastor Al Hardy. Welcome to Chemo Chair Prayers, Al. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) We're sitting across the table in my little study and it's so nice to have an in-face conversation when normally I have been doing these interviews over Zoom. Now, we're talking today about prayer, God's solution for fear. And One of the things I'm so excited for people to get to know you is that not only are you a pastor, so you have that experience of journeying through multiple different hard things with so many different people, but you have also walked with me through my cancer journey and dealt with my fears, but also your own fears. But you've also got your own story with anxiety and worry. But first, before we jump into that, why don't you tell us more about yourself? Tell people more about you and what you've been up to. Of course. Thanks, Nate. It's great to be here. You're very good at this, (laughs) Uh, if I may say that. But yes, I mean, I don't know how much you've told of our story, but we have been on quite a journey. Uh, My background was in business and uh, making a lot of money. I was doing incredibly well, had a very dramatic encounter with Jesus. And the first thing that the Lord told me to do is he said, I want you to give up your job. So uh, I packed it in and ended up working in a drug rehab in in London with some American missionaries. So that was a very profound experience, which ultimately led me to going into the church. And no sooner than we uh, graduated from seminary in Oxford, 
we felt the Lord say, come to America and start a church. So it's been quite a journey, and uh, but it is great to be here with you today. It's so, so good to have you, and I'm so excited for everybody to meet with you. Yeah, I have to admit, it's been quite a journey. You have been on quite a journey that we have been on, but you've also carried this battle with you, if you like, all the way since I've known you, really, with anxiety and worry. Tell everybody more about that journey and how it came about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to be here today. When I look back on our journey of faith, for me, one of the great stories has been the story of grappling with anxiety and finding peace. I remember one of the first sermons I ever heard was from Philippians 4, 4 to 7, which included these words, do not be anxious about anything. And I listened to that and I literally went, what? That is completely nonsense. Complete. I mean, that is utterly ridiculous because I just thought, and I, again, I hadn't even really decided that I liked the Bible at that stage. And I thought that is complete nonsense. And actually what I did was I printed those verses out. I was so struck by it because in reality, I was anxious all the time about everything. And here was this great book telling me, do not be anxious about anything. So I printed it out and put it on a wall. And it has been, if you like, a life verse for me to work through that and to ponder that. And it has journeyed with me through going into the rehab and doing that work, that ministry, to seminary. It's journeyed with us here across the Atlantic to start a church through 15 years of building a church and obviously through the cancer journey as well. That verse has been my companion, one of my companions and guides. Yeah, and I really... I'm looking forward to you unpacking how you have made that do not be anxious about anything a reality in your life, but an ongoing work, because I know there are many people listening who probably like you read that right now in the middle of their cancer when they are afraid of what the future may hold. They are afraid of what the scan results are going to say. They are afraid of all the unknowns and leaving people behind and all this kind of stuff. And so fear is a constant, constant thing in cancer. So to say, do not be anxious about anything. I'm sure there are people who just like you are saying, you've got to be joking. That's (laughs) utterly ridiculous. How can I not be anxious? I have cancer. So will you unpack how you got to a place where you were able to move forward in peace, even as the fears and the worries and the anxiety kept coming? Because, you know, I say this often on Chemo Chair Prayers that it would be so nice to wave a magic wand and for us to be able to deal with fear once and for all. And it's like, good, that's done and dusted. I'm never going to be frightened again. We can't do that, but we can have the tools to deal with it and fight it on an ongoing basis. So how did you get from that verse is utterly ridiculous to I'm now using it in my life to walk ahead in peace and calm? Absolutely. And that little phrase, don't be anxious about anything, is a bit like a well-meaning friend who says to you in cancer, oh, God's got it or something like that. And it's just on its own is not helpful. The really good news is that's not the only thing that this verse says. And so when I said to you, this, these verses feel to me like God's solution for, you know, for fear and finding peace because it's not all it says. So I, I pinned this verse on my wall and looked at it every day 
for about five years. And suddenly I noticed, the first thing I noticed that really stood out to me was, and I'd never seen it before, even though I looked at it for five years, I noticed these four words at the end of verse five. It says, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, (laughs) the Lord is near. When you look at the Bible again and again and again, this is the start place. This is the start place. God says, do not be afraid for I am with you or such and such again and again and again. And so I would say that that was the start place for me was coming to this realization uh, that the Lord is near and that everything else flows from that. Okay. And so when I, when I pray now, th- this has shaped how I pray and really the model of prayer. When I pray, I start with that premise in my head that the Lord is near. I will spend a little bit of time rejoicing as best I can. And obviously there are days when things are difficult, but we're still called to give thanks in all things. I mean, it's such a profound thing to do. So I will do that as best I can. But then what I will do is I will literally just let let whatever is going on in my life come out. And I will just bring that to God as it is unfiltered. Uh, You know, I'm just not not making it pretty. I'm not trying to say the right thing. I'm just like, Lord, this is where I'm at because he's near. He's near and we can just come to him as we are. That's such a good reminder because A, we need reminding that the Lord is near because often he doesn't feel near, but he is near. And so just having that reminder that even in the midst of everything we're going through, the Lord is near. And then the great reminder that we can come to him just as we are, however much we download, however angry we are, however hurt we might feel, however worried or anxious, that that's not going to change how close he is. It's not going to change how much he loves us, what he thinks of us. We're not going to get in his bad books. And so that's a really great reminder to start our prayers with the reminder that he's near and to rejoice in that and what we can. And then to, as you say, vomit it all out. <laughs> I download. didn't say that, but no. I did put it on my notes. <laughs> I just vomited out. You just just let it all out. A more spiritual word. Let's lament. Yes, let's, let's lament. lament. Well, the, the reality is it's there. And, you know, if we if we go straight to trying to pray very nice kind of well-ordered prayers, it, it's just not going to happen. So what we've got to do is just vomit it out. Lord, I, I'm hating this. This is painful. I'm having a miserable time. I don't even know what to say. I don't know if you're near, whatever it might be. We'll just get it all out there. And then, you see, we're, we're then in a place to actually do what it says, or to continue to do what it says in Philippians 4, which is in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. So that's when I, I then move the kind of third stage of my prayers is I kind of move to a more of a, a kind of list like, Lord, these are the things. Lord, will you help me in my surgery tomorrow? Will you help me in this conversation? Will you help me, you know, if you're in cancer with the pain or the discomfort, will you help me, Lord? And will you pray? You know, I want to pray for my kids. Will you bless my kids? Whatever. So it's more of a shopping list type thing. So I rejoice. I will then vomit out whatever's going on in my life. And then uh, then I'm actually in a place where I can start to bring things in a more orderly manner. Prayer, you know, requests and petitions, which is kind of an old-fashioned word now, but just literally bringing my list of things to God. Mm, that is so helpful to be able to lay it all out there. And it's what we do as part of our trust prayer practice at, at the end of this. So I know we're going to be doing quite a lot of this, but then you don't stop there, which I think so many of us 
we'll lay our requests in front of the Lord and then we kind of get up and walk away and maybe keep coming back to our kind of to inventory our life to see whether God has come through on that and then we judge whether he's answered our prayer or not on that but you don't stop there what have you learned to do that has kind of helped to bring this full circle and mean you can actually go into your day sure well Philippians 4 4 to 7 doesn't end there and it goes on with this amazing promise which is that the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the key word here is guard. It's an active thing. It starts to guard your heart and your mind. And what I've learned to do over the years is once I have you know, I've rejoiced and I've got it all out there, all of my emotional stuff, and then I've given my list, then that is the moment really to to sit somewhat more. And I will read some of the Bible because I've got, I've got everything out. I've got everything that's going on is out. I, I'm in a more receptive place. So I will read the Bible. I might just sit in silence and I will reflect. And really what I'm trying to do is give, give God space to, to speak to me, to guide me, to touch me. And it, it is very rare that I'm reading the Bible that something doesn't stand out to me. And how we hear God's voice is, is a t- subject for another podcast. But the easiest way is when we read the Bible, what is it on this particular day that stands out? And I will usually just reflect on that. And then I will write that down. I actually, sit in front of my computer when I pray and I have these different sections. But I will then commit to take whatever I thought God was saying to me into the day with me. That's such a great way of not stopping with the kind of throwing it all at God. But actually, how does he want to work in us and through the us and shape us? And what does he have to say to us right in the middle of it? You write on a computer. I don't. I sometimes journal. That's another way of doing it. But really, when we don't sit and listen to God, it's as if we're having a one-way conversation. And our relationship with God is is that. It's an intimate relationship. And if there was a friendship where only one person did all the talking, it's not much of an intimate relationship. So that part of our conversation with God needs to have some stillness and some quiet for him to speak to us, to move us forward, to challenge us, whatever it might be. I want to say just something in there because there's definitely an element of mystery in here. I think a lot of people are looking for, give me the equation, and I've kind of given the equation, but what we've got to do is allow some room for some mystery (laughs) because this process of the peace of God transcending you know, which transcends all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds. There, there's an element of that that's mystery. So I might do all of this three days in a row and listen and really have no sense of anything particular that God said to me, uh, and yet have a degree of peace. And then other days, I have a real clear sense, oh, I'm reading this bit of scripture, and it's like, wow, that's really exciting. You know, I go off into the day, and I'm like, I still find that actually I'm, I'm still wrestling with certain things. And so there's, there's a degree of mystery. But perhaps the greatest degree of mystery to this is is what happens over time. So by doing this consistently, week in, week out, that is when the peace really starts to build. You know, we want that kind of quick result. And I think the real the real power here, this is God's solution for fear, but it, it really happens over time. It's a cumulative thing. Yeah, it happens over time and in relationship and in partnership with him and the Holy Spirit. So I have had numerous emails since we hosted the Trusting God Through Cancer Summit and a number of people, a lot of people have struggled with unanswered prayer. And so 
Let's just dive into that very quickly. I know we're here to talk about fighting fear and finding peace, but a lot of our fear comes when we feel like our prayers aren't being answered or heard. So what would you say to someone who says, but Al, I have prayed and I have listened and I just feel like God isn't listening or he's just not answering my prayers. What would you say to someone who feels like that? Well, absolutely. I think that's a great question. A very normal one to to think about in, when you, particularly when you have cancer. I remember when you were diagnosed, we all kind of rallied around and we prayed endlessly that you would be healed. And of course, you weren't healed. And so it's very tempting many times during that process to think, well, God doesn't answer prayers or whatever. So I think that's very normal. Uh, for me, it all comes down to our understanding of what is prayer? What are we trying to do? Because I think it's very easy to have this idea that prayer is something I do. And if I do enough of it, then I'll kind of bend God to my will. <clears throat> when really what we're trying to do with prayer is we're trying to pray God's will into existence. And so part of prayer is actually seeking his will and then praying it. I always remember this great quote from a theologian who said, you know, when I pray, I submit my prayers to God to be edited. He, he returns them to me edited and then I resubmit them. And I think that's part of why there is an ongoing element to prayer, an ongoing element to this peace guarding your mind. Because it's not about just one day or one prayer. It's a process and it's a journey. And so I prefer to, to think of prayer as this ongoing process of walking with Jesus. And so the amazing thing, you know, is that God is with us regardless and he is there. That's what the Bible says. So let's hold on to the truth that we have. He hears our prayers. He's with us. And obviously it's particularly difficult in times of great pain and struggle to sense God and to be close to God. But I want to encourage folks to keep praying and to keep pressing in and to keep seeking because he is there. And sometimes we're looking for answers to prayer or to the specific prayers that we've prayed rather than actually just looking to see what God is doing and giving him thanks for those. And the more we pray, the more we get in touch with what he is doing, and then more that we understand this peace that transcends all understanding, and we start to see that he's He's beginning to guard our hearts and our minds in him. So I, I, I don't know if that, if that feels like that answers the question, but it, I think that comes down to what we think we're doing when we're praying. Yeah, very, very helpful. And so just as we wrap up before we pray, how has this verse and this model of prayer transformed your relationship with anxiety and worried? Because I know that I have seen a massive difference over the years. So how has it made a difference to you? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it's profound, really. I'm, I still remember looking back on those early years when I would stare at the verse just fraught with anxiety. And I'm no longer fraught with anxiety. I definitely have my moments, but there's something that happens over time when we pray these things. Uh, the, there is a, a more of an abiding sense that God is with me. There is more of a profound sense that he's for me and that uh, he's going to watch over me. And that ultimately is the perfect love that casts out fear. And so it, it's not really about any one particular answered prayer. I think we're so often looking for the results. It's more about the relationship with a loving God that has emerged through years of doing exactly this by drawing close to him and knowing that he's there for me. If I can just add this, I mean, the one thing that I would say to folk, the single most important thing when it comes to prayer, often people get very off put. It's like, I don't know quite what words to use. Or da, da, da. 
the one important thing is to do it. The one important thing is to pray and use whatever words come to you and to just to just take that time to pray. And it's that's part of the mystery of this, is that as we do that, over time, this sense of peace which transcends understanding builds and it guards your heart and mind. And perfect love really will cast out all fear. Al, thank you so much for being willing to share your struggle with fear and anxiety and your perspective on having walked with me and many, many others as a pastor. Now we're going to take a moment to pray using our simple guided prayer format that uses the acronym TRUST that has some, if not all, of these elements to it. And I'm delighted that you have offered to pray with us and for us. And if this is your first time listening to Chemo Chair Prayers, we pray together using our guided prayer practice. As I said, it has the acronym TRUST thanking him for who he is and what he's done, resting in his love, unburdening our hearts, surrendering our hopes, fears and needs, and lastly, taking him at his words. And I say this every week, but this is really an opportunity for you to be prayed for and over, but it's also an opportunity for you to pray and make these prayers your own. And Al is going to pray for us. And I just want to encourage you to stop the audio in between the different sections. If you want to take a moment, and as Al says, to to listen, to journal, to make the prayer your own and pray these prayers back to God. So let's pray, thanking him for who he is and what he's done. Jesus, we do thank you that you are a loving and kind God. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you are near, that come what may, you are near to us. So take a moment to make that prayer your own, thanking God for who he is and what he's done. Now let's rest in his love. Lord, your word says that your love is high and wide and deep and long. We ask that you will help us to rest in that love right now, wherever we are. We pray that your perfect love will cast out fear in our lives. So can I invite you to take a moment to simply rest in his love. Now let's unburden our hearts to him. Lord, we lift to you the things of our lives right now, the practicalities. Lord, the, uh, the fears that we have, the anxieties of the events that are in front of us, the people we're going to see, the things that lie before us. Lord, we lift our diagnoses to you today and we pray that you will meet us in them and give us your peace. So let's take a moment to do just that. Let's unburden our hearts to Jesus. Or as Al said earlier, let's just vomit it all out.
Now let's surrender our hopes, fears and needs. Lord, we do surrender to you. We put our futures in your hands. We give you our families, our treatment plans, our finances, and even our prayer life, Lord. We lift those to you. We surrender them to you. We pray that you will guide us in them and provide for our every need. So take a moment to do just that, to surrender everything to the Lord who loves you. And lastly, let's take him at his word. We thank you, Lord, that you promise that through our prayer, your peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so we pray today with expectancy, Lord. We pray for your peace to come and we pray for all fears to go as we continue to journey forward with you through this season of our lives. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. And as we close, just take a moment to make that prayer your own, telling God where you need to take him at his word. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, Al, I like to finish our chemo chair prayers time together, whether that's a regular podcast with just me on my own or a chemo chair chat. But we always finish with an exercise, either practical or spiritual, something that people can do now or take into the week ahead. And so I know you have one and we've kind of been talking about it, not to steal your thunder, but what do you want to encourage people to do in the week ahead? Well, after careful consideration, I want to encourage people to pray. <laughs> Gosh, what a surprise. <laughs> and, but actually to do so while reflecting on Philippians 4, 4 to 7, and almost to print those verses out and to really meditate on them, because I really genuinely believe that they contain God's plan, his kind of, his tool for finding peace in the midst of the things we're going through. To encourage people, if they would like to, to follow this kind of model of prayer. And with their computer, with a journal, it doesn't really matter, but to try and do something by way of rejoicing and giving thanks. To have a time where they're just, again, I'm not entirely happy with this word, but to vomit it all out, right? To just give God what's going on in your life. And then we list our, our petitions and our prayers. And then to take a little bit of time to listen and to give God some space, to give the Holy Spirit some space to to speak to us. And then I definitely take some time to write down what stood out for me, what God is saying, and I will carry that into the day. But the most important piece is to repeat. Yeah, rinse To do and it repeat. again, right? To do it again and again and again and again. And slowly it becomes our comfort, our joy, our foundation, our hope, and the peace starts to come. And so I, I encourage you all to do that and look forward to hearing how it goes. 
Al's right. We would love to hear how it goes for you. You can always hit reply on one of my emails or come over to chemochairprayers.com where you'll find the show notes and you'll be able to leave comments. And sometimes that is where some of the best discussions happen. It's also where you can download your own handy dandy copy of the trust prayer format bookmark that you can keep in your journal or in your Bible. So remember friends, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Chemo Chair Prayers with me, Nikki Hardy. And my prayer is that this has given you one more way to discover that with God, life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. And then go live it. Yes, life can be hard, really hard. And while God never promised us a perfect life, Free of heartache and worry, he did promise us a full, abundant life. And the truth is, it's not off in the future somewhere waiting for us when our cancer's over. Nope, the life he has for us might not be all we'd planned and imagined, but it is full of intimacy, connection, love, laughter and peace, right in the midst of all we're going through. I always say thriving is a team sport, so please know we are in this together. Now, did you know that there are over 1.8 million people diagnosed with cancer each year? So if you found any encouragement from listening to Chemo Chair Prayers, would you hit subscribe and leave a five-star review so others journeying through cancer can find it as well? Then why not recommend it to a friend who's been diagnosed, your cancer support group, or even your oncologist? And remember, my friend, you are loved and seen. And you've got this because he's got you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.